Welcome to the Wellesley Free Library Book Report, book rankings and recommendations for when you're ready to read. I'm Heather Lee Byrne, Information Services Librarian at the Wellesley Free Library. Thanks for joining us for Episode 8 of the Book Report Podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with Jackie Linsky about some recent Marvel movie recommendations from our DVD film collection. But first, let's hear from Manette about the Library of Things. Okay, today we have Annette back to tell us a little bit about a different collection at the library that you may not be aware of. Hello. Uh, Today I wanted to talk about the Library of Things. Tell us more, Annette. What type of things? The Library of Things is a collection (laughs) of non-traditional library items. So this means not books, not DVDs, or, well, That's not very traditional, is it? (laughs) But, you know, non-things that you don't necessarily associate with the library, such as board games, you could um, magnifying glass, scanners, things like that. Mm. To go along with the DVDs, we also check out a DVD player for folks who might not have that standard on their computer anymore. Exactly. Or if you have an old VHS and you want to show this, was it Gen Z? Uh, Gen Alpha, you want to show them what you were watching as a child, (laughs) and you don't have a VHS player, guess what? We do, and you can check them out. Excellent. So what have you brought to tell us about today? So today, I want to talk about the Rocket Book Core, which is, oddly enough, a reusable notebook. So this is one of those items that we have where you could try it before you buy it. Is it for you? Maybe, maybe not. Definitely come in and check it out. So the way it works is that there's a special pen with special paper, and it's just a regular thin notebook. And what you do is you write with the pen, and there's a a, a little QR code at the bottom, and you would download the app, and it would digitize your notes, and then you could send your notes to uh, your email or any sort of cloud storage that you have, and you'll have it there. And then the fun part is it comes with this little cloth that you use to wipe down this special ink off of these special pages and then do it all again. So it's really exciting. And, you know, especially if you're looking to be more sustainable, this could be this could be something for you. That's so cool. It's like it's like a grown up Etch-A-Sketch, but you get to save the image. Yes, that's exactly it. Please <laughs> use it as an Etch-A-Sketch and show us some pictures. That'd be great. Please yes, use it. Send them to <laughs> WFL Book Report at midlib.net. I want to see. I want to see these. Well, yes, please do. <laughs> please send us your notes. Your maybe some recipes. Ooh, oh, that'll that be would fun. be fun. Mm-hmm. Now let's get on to the interview. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the Wellesley Free Library Book Report. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for being here again today. Oh, I'm happy to be back. Yeah, you did. I didn't scare you off too bad the last time. No, I thought it was great. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, so today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different. Not so much. We've just stuck with the book recommendations so far, but that is not all that the library has to offer, right? Not at all. Today we're going to the dark side. We're going to be talking movies. Yeah. So you select all of the 
uh, like film DVDs, is that correct? Yep, everything other than TV shows I yeah. select. Okay, yeah, no, that's really awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about what you have chosen to recommend for our listeners today? Today we're going to be talking about the Marvel movies. So we'll talk a little bit about all of them later. Um, the main ones that recently came out, so Spider-Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and Thor Love and Thunder, which is the newest one that we just got into the library. I'm really excited to hear about that. So in case people don't know, there is a pretty awesome thing about the library, which is that we have things on DVD, which sounds like an old school boring thing, but it's actually an advantage. Yeah, so DVDs are great. You get So you get them for three weeks at a time. Um, for newer ones, we have Straight Up New, which you are able to put holds on. And then we also have Lucky You, which are similar to the Lucky You books. You can come and it's first come, first serve. You take them, you get them for three weeks. And it gives people an opportunity who may not have thought to put a hold on or may just see it and really want to take a look and see what it's about to um, come in and grab the movie. Yay, that's really awesome. And so we have all of the Marvel movies. Is that correct? Yes. That's really amazing because I don't think even on Disney Plus that they are all there. So especially for people who don't subscribe, like I don't subscribe to Disney Plus. And so occasionally we'll get a Marvel movie on a different streaming platform or we'll rent one from Amazon. But it's really an amazing thing that the library has all of them available. And we definitely do get patrons coming right. in who are looking to like really do the whole series, which is pretty fun. Yeah, because it's hard with Disney Plus because Disney Plus doesn't own all the Marvel superheroes, particularly mm -hmm. the most well-known one being uh, Spider-Man. Mm, yes, exactly, because there's a lot of Spider-Man stuff in there. All right, so let's talk a little bit about these particular new Marvel films. Uh, can you? So Spider-Man, you just mentioned. Spider-Man yes. No Way Home, is that the first one that we were going to talk about today? Yeah, so Spider-Man No Way Home actually brings in the other two Spider-Mans. So it is... Spider-Men? Spider-Men. <laughs> so it is going further into the kind of this multiverse theory where there is more than one universe that coexists kind of next to each other. So we have the original Spider-Man, which was Tobey Maguire. And then we have Andrew Garfield, which was the second Spider-Man. And in my humble opinion, the best Spider-Man. Mm. And then we have Tom Holland, who is the current Spider-Man, who is the Spider-Man within the Marvel Universe that we are all familiar with. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man when I was in high school. That is kind of the only one that I really know well. I have never seen Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. I highly recommend it. I think his kind of step more away from like the comedic aspects of what Spider-Man kind of brings, especially mm -hmm. Tom Holland's to the uh, Marvel Universe. Um, his is, I think, much more dramatic, okay. I guess is what okay. the word I'll use. But I particularly like him as Spider-Man. I think he gives Spider-Man a lot of dimension. Um, mm -hmm. And I like the relationships he has with his on-screen counterparts. Um, not to say that the rest of them also don't have good relationships. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's To me, there's something about Andrew Garfield that I think he just brings something special to the Spider-Man 
Awesome. Cool. Okay. So I, that makes me want to go see it because I've seen a little of Tom Holland as Spider-Man, but I have to admit that I mostly know Tom Holland from his amazing lip sync battle, Supreme Victory, where he like busts out these ballet moves. Oh, and Rihanna's umbrella. Yes. Yes. So is this movie, does it kind of like take the Tom Holland universe as like the real one? Um, It's hard to explain because... Within all their universes, they're the acceptable Spider-Man. In this particular one, Tom Holland and Doctor Strange have kind of caused some issues within their universe by bringing these Spider-Men and their villains into Tom Holland's Spider-Man's universe. (laughs) You can't have a Spider-Man without his villain. Exactly. (laughs) And so... You know, you have the Green Goblin and you have Dr. Octavian. Mm. Some of those original super villains that we saw with Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. And you also have Andrew Garfield's villain whose name is escaping me, but he's the electric guy who like harnesses electrical power. And so there's this whole story. I don't want to give too much away. Okay, but, but it yeah. really does pull elements from all these past Ex- movies and exactly. kind of scrambles them up and brings them together and so overall did you find this story to be uh was it did it meet your expectations like what did you expect going into it what did you think this movie was going to be like i knew i was going to see the other Mm spider-man i didn't know exactly kind of where they were going i think marvel does a really good job in its trailers and teasers kind of giving you like little breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. but you never know kind of what that story is going to be yeah is what I and like I mean obviously if you've read a lot of the comics you know a lot more mm-hmm. I don't read the comics so I go in very <laughs> yeah like I don't know what's gonna happen this uh-huh. time but I I think it really did a great job out of the three I would say this one was my favorite out of the three. Oh, of the ones. three newest movies yeah really okay well cool that's really great so it seems like it met your expectations of like something a little bit unexpected in terms of the storyline yeah would that be fair yeah okay cool awesome all right so let's move on to dr strange in the multiverse of madness all how right did, how did this rank for you i'm curious so if spider-man no way home was number one number one in the newest Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness was beautifully done. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful movie to look at. Mm-hmm. I think the storyline really helps to move his character along. I had issues in terms of how they portrayed the villain just because the villain is one of my favorite characters within the universe. Oh, who is the villain? If I give that away, that kind of oh, gives no. away a lot of the movies. No, so. I'm like in suspense. I have not seen like any of these, so I'm kind of just like really. I think I'm trying to think of like the last Marvel movie that I saw because I was really into them, and then I got just things happened, got overwhelmed, couldn't do it anymore. Maybe Thor Ragnarok is really like the last one that I saw. I I will say there are aspects of the movie if you haven't seen WandaVision, They pull some of the aspects of WandaVision into this movie. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't seen WandaVision prior the first time I saw this movie. Mm -hmm. So while I thought it was a great movie, I was definitely missing Mm -hmm. some elements to really understand Mm -hmm. why the story was going the way it was. So I actually went back and watched WandaVision and then rewatched Doctor Strange. And I think 
doing that made me appreciate it more the second time. Yeah. So that's such a tricky thing about these Marvel films is that they're drawing from such a wide universe at this point. Like, it's so deep. The deck is so deep. So if they're just, like, pulling random cards, somebody like me who really doesn't have time to watch, like, every spinoff television show (laughs) is kind of at a disadvantage, which makes me crazy because I want to know everything about it. But it's also harder to like deeply relate with the material I guess yeah and the great thing about this movie was they were able to bring in a couple more characters that aren't necessarily owned Mm. by Disney into the Marvel Universe so I'm interested to see if in the future we'll be getting more of those kind of characters within this Marvel universe because I think that will add a lot to what we're working with already. Yeah. Especially now with like Iron Man being gone and Mm -hmm. like Captain America being gone like it Mm -hmm. will be nice to get some fresh characters in there as well. Yeah no that sounds good. Okay so in terms, so you mentioned that you were kind of like expecting that beautiful cinematography and that that expectation was met, um, but that there were some surprises yeah. in terms of the characters. I think out of the t- two Doctor Strange movies, I think this one is better than the first. Oh, really? Okay. Um, Again, just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that he's grown a lot as a character throughout mm-hmm. the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I appreciate him more as a character. And the first movie, I found him very frustrating because he had a lot of growing up to do and mm-hmm. a lot of self-reflection he needed to do. And he yeah. he's grown since then. So I think he's a better character now. Well, good. Yeah, it's hard for them to try to fit these character arcs into like individual movies but then across movies where they are not the main character and then back into a movie where it is the main character so that seems like a real challenge for the writers and for the actors as well um that's really an interesting perspective I, i don't know i saw the first movie and i liked the pretty cinematography and the like trippiness of every of all those camera angles rolling things up like a kaleidoscope and stuff and that was super fun but yeah i did i wasn't particularly attached to the character he was he didn't really strike me as that great i think i liked his cape more than i liked him the cape (laughs) is a great character (laughs) i do enjoy the cape (laughs) so that leaves us with one more, which I am like a little bit shocked to hear that Spider-Man No Way Home was your favorite because I've heard such good things about this last one. So yeah, so Thor Love and Thunder was great. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of hilarious moments as Thor is mm-hmm. well known to do. Now. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, there was heartbreaking moments. I actually saw it like the last weekend in theater. So mm-hmm teared up in the theater but that's so nice though to have that experience (laughs) but um i for a thor movie Mm -hmm. it was great for a marvel movie it's honestly not one that i think i have to see again unless i choose to rewatch them okay so after thor kind of got rebooted with thor ragnarok Mm -hmm. Like, I'd seen the first two, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. But I was really excited that they brought in Taika Waititi to direct it. And so I was really, I guess my expectations are kind of high 
for Thor, Love, and Thunder because it's kind of the same crew, that same, like, more comedic reboot. Yeah. Um, did you have similar expectations, or what did you, what did you think? Honestly, I wasn't sure going into it. I try not to read too many reviews, mm-hmm. and I try to not read any spoilers and just kind of go in mm-hmm. and watch the movie and then mm-hmm. kind of reflect back on it. So I try to go in with no expectations at all, uh, if we're being honest. Uh-huh. Just because I feel like every time I go in with expectations, they never meet the expectations. Like, I see that Mm. a lot if I've read the book first and then I try to go see Mm -hmm. the movie version. Mm -hmm. Like, I have these expectations of what characters should look like, of how they should interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And I built it up in my head. And then, obviously, sometimes what I build in my head can't really (laughs) be achieved Mm -hmm. on screen. So... I've learned, especially, like, with Marvel movies and stuff, that I'm just going to go in Mm -hmm. completely unprepared and kind of just see what the movie is. Okay. Knowing what I knew about Thor, Mm -hmm. I knew that there would be some comedic aspects, Mm -hmm. but it was, in my opinion, there was a lot more comedy in this one than there was in previous ones. Yeah. While also trying to tell this very dramatic story. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't do it for me this time. Ah, okay. That's, I'm really curious because I was super interested, um, and I don't think this is a spoiler at this point, because uh, a few years ago there was a comic run with Thor where Jane Foster was was the lead character was Thor and so when that came out it was like I feel like I heard anyway a lot of people being like oh well this is cool but it's never going to make it into the Marvel universe and so especially with like Natalie Portman had been like I don't want to do this anymore and she really didn't like um the second director for the film Mm -hmm. so I don't know I thought that was really interesting she wasn't into the way that the franchise was going marvel wasn't into the way the franchise was going but then this kind of like reboot as a comedy thing seemed like a really interesting place to go and i was kind of surprised and pleased to hear that they were going in that direction for thor love and thunder i mean i think the acting was good Mm -hmm. i think how the story ended was how it needed to end while Mm -hmm. still leaving it open-ended enough that if they wanted Mm -hmm. another Thor movie, they could make that happen. I think that some characters could have developed in other ways mm. and they they didn't play that out as much. And I think that they introduced a whole group mm-hmm. of not superheroes per se, mm-hmm. but gods like Thor mm-hmm. that I'm Curious if they will pursue, and if they pursue it, how they will go about doing that. Because there are scenes within the credits mm-hmm. that kind of... Yeah, there, there are famous for, post-credit yeah, scenes. that focus more on those gods as well. Okay, well, maybe we'll find out as these things go on. But that's kind of interesting. I hadn't really heard anything about that and so that's that's an interesting teaser as well yeah so i'm glad that they're bringing in new characters i just i also worry that they might be bringing in too many new characters Mm -hmm. at once and where will that kind of bring this franchise 
Okay. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in it. Okay. So did you, when you were talking about the comedy versus the more like dramatic elements of the story, do you feel like in this case, the comedy really detracted from the dramatic story? I think there were just some jokes that maybe didn't need to be there, mm. which I think my husband will severely disagree with me okay. on because okay. I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, mm-hmm. but you know, Thor has his hammer, and then mm-hmm. he got his new axe weapon. Mm-hmm. And then the hammer comes back in some way, and the axe kind of gets jealous, and there's, like, a comedic aspect to that. And the axe ended up being my husband's favorite character. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I don't know. I just felt like one time it would have been great, but they mm-hmm. kept kind of going it was back. like running, yeah, all the callbacks and everything. Yeah, and yeah. maybe during the more dramatic moments, it didn't need to have okay. that comedic okay. aspect because we're trying to also figure out everything that's going on with Jane. And Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it is really hard to balance an action movie that is also a comedy. I really, okay, so out of the three of them... Thor Love and Thunder is definitely the one I think I'm most likely to see because I'm very curious about all of these issues that you're bringing up. Like, how is it balanced? And I really like the comedy style that um, I've watched a lot of, like, Taika Waititi stuff. And, like, I loved Flight of the Concords, which he was only sort of involved with. But I mean, I guess I should put a disclaimer that I am not a comedy person. Mm-hmm. That that's not I don't tend to go towards comedy Mm -hmm. i mean i'm a horror action person myself Mm -hmm. so yeah just a little different different things well i'm really glad to hear your perspective on this so in talking about jackie's particular perspectives on things where is the best place for new Marvel watchers to start i personally think that the movie should be watched in chronological order. I think even though there are callbacks to some movies and some, I think it makes a lot of sense to watch it from the very beginning in terms of, so that would be Captain America, the first Avenger, which was in the 30s and 40s during Mm -hmm. World War II, and you move up that way. Yeah, so we're saying chronological in terms of the setting of the movie. Yes, so I, I personally think that's the best way to watch them, but... There's also watching them in cinematic release order as well. Mm -hmm. In that case, you would start with Iron Man, which came out in 2008. Mm -hmm. And then The Incredible Hulk. But then Captain America, the first Avenger, isn't until like the fifth movie. Yeah, so there's things that are happening in the background that they're not even aware of. And now with like the Spider-Man No Way Home, that brings in the... Spider-Man movies from, like, even longer ago, right? So they, because the other Spider-Men, even though they're in No Way Home, they're still not really considered part of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. They're not in the chronological order or release order, unfortunately. And because of how the Marvel Universe works, unless you want to understand all the references (laughs) in No Way Home, there's Uh not necessarily a need. To watch I, uh-huh. those five other movies. <laughs> I had to count and remember how many there were. Because I think, I'm pretty sure Tobey Maguire did three. Uh-huh. And then Andrew Garfield did two. Okay. 
All right, that sounds about right. Yeah. I think I saw the first two Tobey Maguire ones yeah. and then took a break on Spider-Man <laughs> for many years. The the third Tobey Maguire one was weird. <laughs> okay. okay, I don't Because it was know. like evil Spider-Man. Oh, evil like Spider-Man. Good Spider-Man because there's like, it's almost, I don't even know how to explain it because it's not a liquid, but it's like this really weird solid that like makes him act weird. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's, so there's a lot of um, material. I mean, it's just like a lot of history. So you have the chronology. When did Iron Man come out? When was the first one? So Iron Man came out in 2008. So it's. For 12 years? That's a long yeah. time. So that's almost 15, right? Oh, you're right. Oh my God. Why yeah. did I think it was 12? So, that, no, that's more like almost 15 years. Yeah, right? which is crazy that the, this has been happening for 15 years. But again, they have so much. Yeah, there's so much there. So if somebody is like, I'm not going to go all the way to the to the way back times, right. where do you think, or, or maybe they're like me and they got derailed and it was like, I don't want to try to figure out all of the stuff for their right. big dramatic goodbye Iron Man and Captain America. Where do you think is a good place for somebody who's just trying to rejoin or coming in for the newer stuff? Where is a good place to start? I mean, I would personally, even if you're not super interested in like saying goodbye to like some of the characters who are leaving, I think mm-hmm. it is if you're looking for some to skip, mm-hmm. I think you still need to watch each person's original movie. Hmm, because okay. like that just gives you the background of how they kind of became this person mm-hmm. you're watching their growth arc so i would do those and then i would do the the avengers one so the original avengers age of ultron infinity war and then endgame okay so you think i really is like basically i just don't want to watch it <laughs> yeah, yeah. again knocked out before that before that or maybe i watched the first one is there a good place to start in or do you really need to know what happens in endgame to understand what happens next i mean i think endgame is important mm-hmm. because it puts the thanos mm-hmm. kind of plot line to bed okay and like you kind of understand for future movies kind of why they're all, why some of them are kind of doing their own thing, mm-hmm. why some of them aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think it gives a lot of closure in terms of the Avengers being mm-hmm. kind of like the Avengers. I can I can see that. I think I just want Thanos to already be in bed when I get back. I don't right. want to pass him in the night anyway uh what uh, so i'm also curious so people can come to the library and they can check out all of these marvel movies do we also have like some of the tv shows are those available yet i you may not know this but i might I'm, look it up for later yeah i'm not sure off the top of my head mm-hmm. i don't know if they ever put wandavision out on dvd yeah that's a tricky thing with streaming platforms yeah, yeah. i know so like Anything owned by, like, Apple TV, mm-hmm. you're never going to get on DVD. Oh, that's and we're, so frustrating. We're seeing this a lot right now. So, mm-hmm. like, not to get off topic. No, but, I mean, I think that's interesting, yeah. though, because talking about this, like, what do we have available for people? And I think it's so cool that we have all of these DVDs because you really can, like, plan. I want to watch every single Marvel movie, like, 
for free, come to the library, check them out, and then have like the craziest marathon. But TV shows and streaming have really made it complicated to do that um, without like a physical object, you know? Right. So I don't know if you remember the movie Coda um, that won an Oscar last year. It's about children of like deaf adults, I think is what Coda yeah. stands for. Yes, yes, I do remember that. I do. So. Fun fact, that was actually filmed in my hometown and I was working at the library while it was filmed. So one of my co-workers' husbands, like, it, oh, like the awesome. person... Like, was he, like, an extra? He, he was the person actually, like, uh, working the boat oh my that, that they were on. So, That's like, so cool. That was cool. And it was cool to really hear about. And it was, like, really exciting mm-hmm. to, like, see this movie coming together and, like, everything like that. But then it was bought by Apple. Oh... And Apple will not release it on DVD. So we can't get it for So, the yeah, we haven't. And there are so many people interested in seeing mm-hmm. it because, you know, like, it is an Oscar winner. And mm-hmm. it had a lot of, like, very positive publicity. And mm-hmm. I've only seen clips of it. But it looks like it's a really good movie. So mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating when streaming platforms don't release yeah, like a physical yeah. version. That Yeah, that's something that's really frustrating. And, like, I get it. They're trying to, like, draw people in. But with the, like, cost of streaming platforms, I don't know. And just how much time human beings have. I don't feel like it's really worth it to have every single one. Right. And it's, it's sometimes you have to pick and choose. And, yeah. Because a lot of people also get streaming services to negate the cost of cable. But then... You have to pick which streaming services you want because if you get them all, it's going to be more than cable anyways. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We got sucked into a few free trials that we were right. <laughs> So, but that's really interesting. And that's something that I think is helpful for listeners and patrons to know is that we try our best to have everything that's available. But there are certain formats that we can't provide um because of the legal restrictions on their use and i we get a report every week that i check to make Mm -hmm. sure that i'm ordering the dvds and i'm ordering enough copies of for people who are interested in seeing them well upstairs we might not have 18 copies of some of the older marvel Mm-hmm. movies the newer ones you know we'll have four to six downstairs so as many people as possible can get their hands on them awesome yeah that's wonderful and you do such a good job keeping everything up to date and out there like it needs to be so thank, thank you. you jackie thank you okay and before we wrap up i have one more question so for those people who have seen every single marvel movie this is nothing new to them Or for people who are just like, it's too much, I can't, but they still like these types of movies, what would you recommend? Um, If you haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy with Christian Bale, Mm. it's only three movies. So it's like (laughs) pretty easy to watch. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed them. I think he makes a great Batman. I think he really like gets into the mindset of the character. I mean, obviously Heath Ledger does an amazing job as the Joker. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think those movies add a lot to, like, the Batman kind of cinematic universe. So that's something I would definitely suggest. Crossing over to the other side. (laughs) crossing over to the other side. If you would like a TV series, which I I do think we have this one in the Mm -hmm. library, 
and you again and if you're into Batman and you mm-hmm. kind of want to know Batman's like origin story mm-hmm. from when he was like a kid mm-hmm. Gotham is also a really good one okay. that one you'd have to dedicate a lot more time to I want to say it's like five or six seasons oh my gosh okay but that one was also very well done so cool well good thank yeah. you for the recommendation you're welcome. Bat- if it's not Marvel, it's Batman for me. So. Okay. All right. So we're hitting, we're hitting your favorites. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your opinions and um, recommendations with us today, Jackie. Thanks so much. Thank you. And now this week's Wellesley Reader's Report. In adult fiction today, once again, the top title is Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus, which was Megan's recommendation for us in episode seven. So check out that episode to hear our discussion about the book. Number two is The Marriage Portrait by Maggie O'Farrell. This New York Times bestseller and National Book Critics Circle Award winner brings the world of Renaissance Italy to jewel bright life in this unforgettable fictional portrait of the captivating young duchess, Lucrezia de' Medici, as she makes her way in a troubled court. And The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls is in at number three in fiction. Adult nonfiction. Number one is Think Again, The Power of Knowing What You Don't Know by Adam Grant, which in addition to being a best-selling self-help book, has a crucial and timely message about the power of rethinking, interrogating our assumptions, and integrating new information into our beliefs. Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist at Wharton, where he has been the top-rated professor for seven straight years. Crying in H Mart, a memoir by Michelle Zauner, is still up there at number two. And new at number three this week is The United States of Anonymous, How the First Amendment Shaped Online Speech by Jeff Kosoff, exploring how the right to anonymity has shaped American values, politics, business, and discourse. Mystery. Still at number one and number two this week are The Madness of Crowds and Glass Houses by Louise Penny, featuring Chief Inspector Armand Gamache. New at number three this time is Dark Night, A Mystery by Paige Shelton, which is the third installment in Shelton's Alaska Wild series about thriller writer Beth Rivers and her isolated Alaskan town of Benedict. Science fiction. Number one in science fiction today is a new title for this list, Naomi Novik's Spinning Silver. In 2016, Novik published a short story called Spinning Silver, which she later expanded into a novel. Spinning Silver won the American Library Association's Alex Award in 2019, the 2019 Locus Award for Best Fantasy Novel, and the 2019 Audi Award for Fantasy. It was a 2019 Hugo Award for Best Novel nominee, finalist for the Nebula Award for Best Novel, and a Goodreads Choice Award nominee for Fantasy. The novel is loosely based on the tale of Rumpelstiltskin. And then we have some more familiar staples, A Game of Thrones by George R.R. R. Martin, which has been enjoying renewed popularity thanks to HBO's House of the Dragon TV series. And number three is The Two Towers being the second part of The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien, seeing a surge of interest due to the Rings of Power series on Amazon Prime, no doubt. 
DVD. Downton Abbey, A New Era is number one that has the cast back together to frolic around the south of France. Number two is Everything Everywhere All at Once, directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, collectively known as The Daniels. This film is a hilarious and big-hearted sci-fi action adventure starring Michelle Yeoh as Evelyn, a Chinese immigrant business owner, wife, and mother struggling with all aspects of her life, which collide as family members from different realities bleed into Evelyn's world. Number three is Let Them All Talk, a 2020 American comedy drama film directed by Steven Soderbergh from a screenplay by Deborah Eisenberg. Um, this film stars Meryl Streep as Alice Hughes, a Pulitzer Prize winning author working on her latest manuscript, which her publisher hopes will be a sequel to her better, best known work. Alice is receiving a literary award in the United Kingdom, but is un unable to fly due to her health, so she makes the transatlantic crossing on the Queen Mary II, where the bulk of the film takes place. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Wellesley Free Library Book Report podcast. Special thanks to Library Director Jamie Jurgensen, Assistant Director Kara Rothman, Head of Information Services Sue Hamelos, all the Information Services Department, including today's guest Jackie Linsky, the WFL IT Department, especially Axel Thompson, Jeremy Goldstein from the Minuteman Library Network, and to patrons like you who make this work interesting and rewarding. Please reach out to us with thoughts, comments, and questions via email at wflbookreport at minlib.net. That's wflbookreport at minlib.net. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.